0: Welcome to Current Yield, uh, Grant's Interest Rate Observer of the Air. I am uh, Jim Grant, welcoming you. And uh, on hand, as always, we have Eric Whitehead at the control panel looking especially technical, I would say today, and a rather self-assertive necktie, as you can see for yourselves. And uh, the great deputy editor of Grant's, um, Evan Lorenz, is here, as is uh, Fabiano Santin, who is the vice president in charge of crummy credit here. Right, well, I mean, Right. Speculative grade and uh, not crummy so much as uh, highly leveraged and also you are, are versatile enough to do lowly leveraged and uh, some tax exempt securities. Which brings us to today's theme. With us is, is a guest, as they as we must say, a special guest. It's like, Ed McMahon, have you noticed when any commentator talks about uh, citizenry? And Bob McManus is a, you know, fabulous, right? And he's, he writes for the Post. And even Bob McManus can't write about the voting public the general public without saying hardworking. He said that yesterday, the hardworking New Yorkers. How about the guys who go to work at like 9, 10 and leave at 4.30 and taking a long lunch and just don't give a darn about their jobs? What about those guys? Isn't it?
1: I've never used the, I don't think I've ever used the phrase hardworking. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Well, um, Ed McMahon, who, who you might know by his uh, byline EJ McMahon is uh, one of the great authorities on all things New York. Uh, He is a veteran of uh, the Albany newspaper scene and uh, of the uh, Albany politics, and uh, he uh, is fabulously knowledgeable. He helped us a great deal, did Ed McMahon, and the story that we wrote for grants on uh, on New York State and its credit, and the headline was State of Denial, which is kind of the sums up the thesis. We we, uh, wound up saying sell, which, um, Fabiano, I'm, I'm not sure, was that your idea to say sell? I think so. Yeah. Well, the bonds have rallied, uh, not insubstantially, since we used that for a little word. Could you tell us, Sabiano, now what you get, what you hardworking <laughs> investors get for investing in the securities of the state of New York?
2: So you can buy a five-year uh, New York GO and uh, yielding 0.7%. No,
0: no, no, no. What 0.7? They're like... 0.7%. Oh, it's
2: not much. Uh, or you can go a little bit further, and uh, an 80-year GO will yield 0.9%. Or you can really go uh, out in the yield curve and get a New York GO maturing in 2045 and get 2.9%. Remember, remember that that's uh, after tax. So after tax. Yep.
0: That's 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 a taxable muni, is it?
2: It's a tax exempt.
0: Oh, so you're giving us the tax equivalent?
2: No, no, no. I, I was giving like the pre. Uh, it's the same, right? Because it's. Tax exam.
0: Oh, so it's it's okay. Got it. So it's tax exam security. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, yeah. so two point nine percent going out for uh, a while.
2: Yes, uh, it's four point nine percent tax equivalent.
0: Yeah. Well, that's in this day and age, uh, that's a whole lot of basis points. But the question before the House is whether you're going to get them and whether the credit of uh, New York State is is uh, something we should uh, be concerned about or something we should just accept as we accept I don't know today's weather, right? That's what it
1: is. Right. Uh, I mean, I was surprised you could find any GOs, sort of, in the sense that more than 90% of New York State's debt is not GO, which is what comes of having an ironclad, unequivocal state constitutional ban on any debt other than GO. So we have hardly any GO debt because- What do we have instead? We have uh, what, what used to be called contract debt. We have bonds issued by public authorities. Uh, secured most recently most often by the personal income tax right and which have the same credit and basically I think have the same similar price or same price as geo debt. So they're sort of like they're artificial or virtual geo debt. and um, it's what we have in lieu of geo debt because geo debt in New York can't be issued without voter approval and why? Get them in the way, right? <laughs> um, so uh, they may be hardworking, but you know they they, they can't vote <laughs> yes fast enough, especially when you're supposed to do only one single issue bond proposition per voting cycle.
0: Well, they may be hardworking or they may not be hardworking, but they are certainly not overly concerned voting citizens. Right? I thought, oh, for any damn. Big.
1: Well, it's interesting in the at least in in previous eras we haven't tested this too recently, except once um one reason they they resorted less and less frequently to general obligation bond propositions. First, they perfected the art of selling secured non geo debt and to be so popular and snapped up so eagerly that why bother but secondly, it used to be that that you couldn't the only that You had a big voter drop-off on, on GeoBond Acts in New York, and that meant upstate voters had a louder voice, and upstate voters tended to be more skeptical and were more inclined to vote no unless you could really persuade them that there was something in it for them. As, as the upstate portion of the electorate has gotten smaller, that probably is less of a fact. We're probably going to test that this year because Governor Cuomo is— rolled out a proposal for an environmental bond act.
2: So um, I was looking at your presentation, uh, one of the recent ones, you have a chart of New York migration trends going back to 1961. And uh, I found it interesting that the only other time period that. that we saw net migration out of the state was in the early 70s. Right. And uh, I was wondering if we can draw a parallel from, from that time to today. Well, it was the 70s the
1: out-migration would have been, remember in the early 70s, New Jersey and Connecticut had no income tax. Uh, the early 70s was when crime was worsening at faster than you can keep up with it. Uh, it was when the quality of life was declining visibly all the time and when the city of New York was going bankrupt. And so it was in a downward spiral where the service were also getting worse. All those things are happening, and the bubble of the Lindsay era and the go-go market of the 60s popped. And there was a lot of uh outmigration from the outer boroughs into the suburbs. That was that era. That was when you saw outmigration from New York State peak because it was largely a downstate phenomenon. Uh, it's still largely a downstate phenomenon because this is where the people are. I don't think I personally don't think it's going to get much worse than it is, which is really bad, which is 180 to 200,000 people a year. What's been covering it up or offsetting it has been the foreign immigration. We've got a lot of we've had a lot of foreign immigration which a few times in that period has actually met net migration has been positive because you have more people coming in than go, more people coming in from overseas and going out. That's slowed way down and I don't think that's going to ever get to the levels it was previously. That's and so that's where we're going to see really uh, the big test of that too. Also, I'm big into demographics as destiny. Baby boom generation is now aged the oldest edge from seventy-five down to fifty-five. And we're we're heading to the top of that curve in the next few years. There's a natural tendency of people to sell and move out. People work later these day these days, though, into little higher ages. So you don't see it yet pronounced, but I think you're gonna see when you see more and more of an out-migration by older New Yorkers, just as a natural outcome of retirement, including older, wealthier New Yorkers, that's gonna increase that number also. And uh, all those things are gonna combine. And so I I think it won't be the same, unless you think crime and just general civic disarray in the city is gonna get as bad as it was in the early 70s, which is always possible. It certainly seems to be headed somewhat in that direction now. If you think it's gonna get that bad, well, that would definitely accelerate the out migration and the population decline that we're beginning to experience. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, Ed McMahon, who, uh, to whom you've been listening, got involved in uh, New York State uh, and indeed New York City. Politics as an observer, as a journalist, as a columnist. Uh, shortly after the gubernatorial uh, era of Dewitt Clinton, is that correct? <laughs> it was. It,
1: might, it wasn't George Clinton. Let's put it. Uh, George, uh, the, 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 I, meant, I meant to say Pataki, yes. the Rockefeller, uh, one of those guys. But you, I, you, so you, the you, carry era was the first part that I ever was involved in covering, even at a remove. Yeah.
0: And uh, at the moment, you're the first president and uh, you have become the research director of the Empire Center, which uh, formerly was an arm of the Manhattan Institute of Public Policy Research. And, right. And uh, so you are, having served actually yourself in the, uh, as a deputy commissioner of one state agency, you have watched it as a journalist, as an insider, and as an analyst, uh, disinterested analyst in public policy position. So what has happened to the finances and, uh, and the credit of the state of New York, over the
1: years that you have been observant? Well, if you can believe that they've actually strengthened. <laughs> but what the big what happened in New York that is the sort of creation moment for the modern or postmodern era of state finances is what happened was Nelson Rockefeller being also being governor in the same era as Robert Moses was controlling several public authorities. That was the financing era, the financing explosion in New York. Actually, New York's, as the bond raiders look at it, with, which is with this sort of, with a particular narrow view and as your piece notes, actually a view that loves it when we raise taxes because they see that in the short term as more secured. But the so-called structural balance of the state budget or the structural imbalance of the state budget was actually worse 30 years ago. The state was actually in worse shape, had a much lower credit rating and was in financially uh, had a worse outlook 30 years ago than it does now. Right, but right, I think right. that we're, but for various reasons that I think the, that your article really hit on very well, I think we're drifting back into a, an area of real trouble that's kind of masked by the fact that you could always say we're not as bad as Illinois or <laughs> Jersey for that matter.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, the world is welcoming of anyone offering uh uh, yield as witness the uh, ferocious rally in uh, the securities of Greece and uh, Ireland and who else? Evan?
1: Italy, Netherlands, Japan—take your pick. Yeah, everything except Lebanon.
0: Lebanon yields 1,000%. Is that tax exempt, Fabiano? Or is that? Uh... <laughs> I think not. Um, so a little known fact, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I think this might be known Ed, only to you and me is that we. <laughs> not only know where Schoharie, New
1: York is, but we, some of us, have lived, you and I have lived there. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, Overlap slightly, although uh, we didn't uh, cross paths then, but I lived there for 21 years when my... Well, you my know,
0: you know that uh, we we live in the old Truax place on 385-443, uh, right. yep, uh, State Route 443. That's just up from up right. the hill. Yep. It's a
1: lovely, a lovely oh. red brick brick uh, house there. It's yeah. uh, it's, a, we, uh, it's a beautiful place. Core in the front yard, a little beans sometimes.
0: Yep. We have some uh, winter wheat happening over there?
1: Nice view south mm-hmm. over the fields. Yep. Uh, when the sun sets, yep. it kind of it looks golden, right?
0: Right. But isn't this kind of a mirage, financially speaking? So I, I uh, was a keen reader of your testimony uh, recently on, concerning the um, uh, New York State budget for fiscal year, what, 2021. And I noticed uh, you observing uh, that for all of the uh, cosmetic strength, uh, certainly reflected in the credit ratings in New York State, for all of that, People are leaving. Yes, and the people who are leaving are the ones that are taking their money with them.
1: It's 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 people across the income spectrum, including the ones we that the state increasingly can't afford to have leave because they're carrying a huge share of the budget, which is high income people. And uh, we've been it's really interesting if you go back years and look at this. New York has been losing people to the rest of the country at a pretty high rate for a very long time. Some of that is the normal flow out of New York City into the discount dormitory of New Jersey, which is still the case. But I think also we, we're now seeing a generational change where the biggest, second biggest generation in history is the baby boomers, which includes all the wealthiest New Yorkers. There's a natural tendency to leave and to move on and retire, being pushed harder by the fact that the tax outlook is bad and getting worse. And, and these people going
0: of, to Florida, right?
1: A- well, a lot going to Florida. There's actually, um, the, the leading destination state is Florida. That's the, the, that's the next to last stop. The next yeah Right. Although there's often a return factor from Florida for a lot of people once uh, they're ready for the final stop. Um, but there is, it's, but you know, there has been an outflow for a long time. And actually, part of the problem is that it doesn't happen fast or vividly enough to make an impression on anybody in Albany. So, for instance, you may recall a year or two ago, Alliance Bernstein announced that it was moving its headquarters to Nashville. In just about any other city in the country, including the city, say, like the size of Boston, if you lost a firm, if a firm like Alliance Bernstein said, we're moving, our headquarters and half of our people to Nashville, that would be a big deal. That would be a big story in the business page, at least, if not the local news. People would be saying, wait a minute, this is a real, got this is a moment to reconsider where we stand. The critical mass of, of finance uh, in New York uh, and in high-earning industries is so great that that actually, the, the, the departure of Alliance Bernstein, I don't think was ever covered in any New York newspaper other than the Wall Street Journal. Well, I mean, New York Times doesn't
0: bother local news, it's true. Right.
1: Too, yeah. It might have been in the Times 20 years ago, but not today. And basically, aside from their ideological leanings, a lot of the politicians who make the laws affecting New York and who the people now pressuring for still higher taxes, the so-called millionaire tax, and other forms of wealth taxes that they want to impose, they glance around and they see uh, too much traffic and luxury high rises, not noting that they're not, the apartments are not selling. And they think, uh, I don't see any exodus. I don't see any departure of people. Let's keep doubling down on you the know, taxes. You know, this whole question of people, yeah. of
0: human beings, you might know, as hiring is tough. Uh, unemployment's at a uh, 50-year you know, low. People just don't walk in the door. But there's one place that you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ziprecruiter.com slash grant. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, our listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com grant that's ziffrecruiter.com slash uh, grant. That's, let's see, Oh, yeah. G R A N T. So ziffrecruiter.com slash grant. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Right. So um, uh, empty buildings or right. empty apartments within. Right buildings and uh, a kind of a Ayn Rand anti-hero business with the most uh, productive kind of silently creeping out, right? Uh, So uh, are politics behind this? I noticed that in New York State, in New York City, there is one party only, and it's not the GOP. No. So uh, of what consequence is single party rule for state politics and for the state budget and at length, perhaps for the state credit?
1: Um, I it's not positive. Certainly not what you'd call credit positive. I actually we've reached a historic turning point because there the Democratic majorities in the state legislature are the largest really in modern history. Uh, you would think that New York had had this situation before, actually for most of the 20th century until a year ago, the state senate was controlled by the Republicans. Now, by the way, Republicans invented, expanded and honed to a fine art most of the worst fiscal abuses we've been talking about. In fact, one, one. One might even perceive an or
0: hear an echo of that in Washington, D.C. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so they were not, you know. Rockefeller it, was, it was a fiscal criminal. Oh, <laughs> I mean, but however, you've never had a self-styled progressive critical mass of legislators the, the size we have now. now. That word progressive, does that uh, mean to connote progress? It means what to connote what in the general political lexicon might be left wing. Ah, but uh, although progress in their Minds is a much is shifting even more of the tax burden than the current forty percent that's paid by the one percent to the one percent and the and the one tenth of one percent.
0: Right, so, the, so uh, New York City is of course all Democratic and very progressive, right. Upstate, uh, right. even upstate, uh, Albany at least is now the both area, The is,
1: cities upstate are li- like many Brooklyns, in effect, in terms of their politics. That's not good. Uh, and then the rest of the, the geographic area of upstate, the, the, the rural and suburban areas of upstate are still uh, centrist to Republican. Mm. But uh, downstate, like the rest of the country, the suburbs that are more affluent are becoming more Democratic. Mm. And uh, all of that accounts for the, and the and the Trump factor, which is a positive upstate and a negative and pockets downstate, accounted for the change that we've seen. The governor has started out as a self-styled, a centrist, at least on fiscal issues, and has now moved further left, but is really all that stands between us and some really self-destructive tax t- policies. Well,
0: tell us about uh, what those policies are, and what they might mean.
1: Well, if everything you hear being proposed in the Democratic presidential campaign by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren has significant support within the majorities in the New York State Senate and the State Assembly, as if we were, as if the difference being that whatever you think of a wealth tax, say, nationally, it's harder to simply offshore yourself in reaction to a, a federal wealth tax. Whatever form it would take, all of these policies are being advocated in Albany by people who seem to assume that nobody in New York could go anywhere else or find a way to stay and avoid any of the kinds of ideas they're they're promoting. The governor um, has his share, you know, can be blamed for his share and more of the of the fiscal problems we have on the spending side of the budget. But he recognizes that at, at a certain point you can't keep doubling down and doubling down on high earners, and so he has refused to even hear of of that type of tax increase. The question is, at what point if the st- if we hit into another recession or any kind of downturn that undermines the state's revenues, uh, at what point will he change his mind or be rolled over or will the state simply go in that direction further? And I think there's a real risk of that. Also, we're the only state, we're unique in the United States in that it's, we're really two states, because New York City is a state within a state, the state-sized entity with a state-like tax code imposed on top of or in addition to the state tax, and so everybody here pays tax at 40% to double uh, the, the state tax. So we have the highest income tax rate in the country, second only to California. Except California's government in general, state and local, is much less expensive for most people than New York's is. So it's, uh, it's, not, it's not headed to a good place. As your article noted, the thing that I think makes pe- lulls people into a more complacency about New York is we do have a well-financed by public st- sector standards, our, our, a well-funded pension, public pension system. Um, that's true of the two statewide systems, teachers and everybody else, are, are near the top of the list in terms of their funded status. The city's funds range from not-so-hot to okay. Nothing in New York is as bad as as many other states, including Illinois and Connecticut and Kentucky and some of the horror stories you hear about New Jersey. But it does not that shouldn't be taken as an indicator that all is well. It's th- those things are not bad because the state court of appeals didn't let politicians do what they wanted to do and start underfunding them 30 years ago. But um You know the the political tendencies here, if you are are not good because if the state is essentially run by um, and at the behest of public employee unions, and it's really the main reason if you look at why. Could
0: you go back to that thought again? The state,
1: uh, the state is run. Well, it basically serves if you want if you look at New York and you say there's different ways of comparing how much we spend and how big our government sector is compared to say to other states. By the way, you'll often hear people look for a really big contrast and say look at Florida. Florida is like practically in another country from New York. It's not it's the southeast, it's not the northeast, it's a different situation entirely. We're a lot more expensive than even Massachusetts or say Maryland. The main reason that New York is so expensive is what it spends in two sectors uh, education and healthcare. The healthcare is uh, a figment, as, as shown in the Medicaid budget, which is now breaking the back of the state budget, is because the healthcare industry in New York, which is largely, quote, nonprofit, unquote. Um, has a big, is, is, is gets a lot out of it, and because more recently in the last 25 years, the healthcare workers union became more and more po- uh, powerful and they got laid claim to a bigger share of that budget also. Education though and everything, about, everything else about the expense of New York, the expense of New York City, the expense of our local governments, our high local property taxes, and of the state government also relates to how much we spend on education. We spend almost twice the national average per pupil. More yeah, look at the results states. we got, though. Right, <laughs> which are, at best, of, around the national average, depending on which measure you use. And that that's hugely expensive, and that reflects the power of the teacher unions. Also, in most of the state, particularly downstate, everywhere within 60 miles of us today, police and firefighters make significantly more than they make elsewhere and their pensions are very expensive. And then you find in the extremes in places like Long Island, you even have uh, a a large array of of government workers, teachers and public safety workers who then get golden parachutes on top of everything else when they retire because they can save up sick vacation days.
0: Yeah, well that's a little sore point with Eric Whitehead except he votes for these people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And correct correct me if I'm wrong, but um, New York is now the most expensive place to add anything in our subways. And our subways work so, so right. well. And that's, and again, we, so we have by far the biggest mass transit system in North America. There's really nothing like it in the United States in terms of its scale and ridership.
0: Or, or the people you meet.
1: Or the people you meet, or the diversity of the people, of, of the of the lifestyles you encounter there. Fragrance and the odor, I think, should be included but, as but, well. But the main, the issue now that we're confronting is nobody is, uh, as or as some people put it, tongue-in-cheek, is why can't we have nice things? and And... We, because <laughs> uh, among other things, our the contract the contracting and, and procurement rules that the Ma- Metropolitan Transportation Authority MTA has to follow are what New York State does, and we have a so-called prevailing wage law that is um, that benefits the most expensive building trades unions on the face of the earth. And between the work rules and the compensation levels, which are total compensation, not just pay per hour, uh, you've got basically a labor cart cartel that also is in, has to be fed as part of this. And that helps make everything even more expensive. Plus, the operating expenses of the MTA are driven by their own union expenses, which are very high. So what, uh,
0: what explains the
1: complacency of the voters?
0: I mean, these, these facts are shocking when you hear them a little bit, I guess, but uh, they are not novel. Uh, So how is it that the Republican Party really does not exist or not never, don't call me Republicans, any opposition to this doesn't really exist?
1: Well, I mean, it works out too well for just enough people so that why, why, why upset Why ruin a good thing? It's a good (laughs) thing for far too many people. And I'll tell you when, it, when we saw a, a glimpse of how, of how change might come about in New York was during the, the, the Great Recession, the financial crisis, 07 to 09, really into 10 in terms of its impact on the body politic. That was like a, a, an existential moment for a lot of people. It was the first disinflationary uh, recession and downturn of our lifetimes, really, in the sense that people, a whole lot of people suddenly, especially people who depended on bonuses or profit sharing or an automatic annual raise in the private sector said, wait a minute, my pay's actually gone down. Da- I'm worried about my job and my pay has just gone down. This is shocking. And then they looked up and noticed that they were being asked to pay more in, for instance, school taxes because the pay of the teachers was still going up. And for a brief period there we saw people and i witnessed this i spoke to community groups and around the state but particularly downstate where the highest income people are most affluent people they were saying suddenly said what's going on down here why why are things this way how come the government is not responding to this situation by truly retrenching and readjusting and doing a reset and that was the chance to explain to them that, 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 that the answer is because the rules are rigged against it, that everything is fixed. There was a, I think we saw, and we saw in electoral results then around some, in the suburban areas at least. In, frankly, Governor Cuomo's election in 2010, remember, he ran, he sensed the political mood in 2010, which was still very real then, and ran as, as pretty much as a fiscal conservative, uh, and, and enacted a truly significant cap on property tax levies in New York, a, a good policy. With your help? With I was, well, I mean, he, he, he. I can say that I was very much very supportive of it, and I think he drew from research and ideas we had done that were based in turns on what had been done in Massachusetts. So. That reflected that. That would not have happened. He did that, and he got the legislature to do it with him, which would have been unthinkable. Versions of it had been proposed 10 years earlier and had been non-starters. But it happened because of the reaction to the recession. Unfortunately, really unfortunately, it will take a repeat of that, just as it took a period of unbelievably bad quality of life conditions in New York City and crime for there to be a sort of a turnaround in, in, in the early 90s. I think that there, that FISC financial and especially economic stress that affects a large number of people, especially people <clears throat> who are articulate, who know how to get to City Hall and who see their own livelihoods threatened is what will bring about a, a change and a reset in the conditions that drive the finances of New York.
0: Yeah. Well, what is the timeline for really fiscally, potentially ruinous legislation in Albany? It's so one party rule and you have the pressure for uh, Sanders-like wealth taxes and other such things, uh, you know, very truly left-wingy, well, what's going to happen when?
1: Well, he's capable of changing his mind in short notice, but I don't Governor Cuomo. But I, I I think that as long as Governor Cuomo is in office, you will not see some of the most extreme Bad ideas enacted on the tax side. Um, He's doing a lot of uh, of finagling on this to make the spending side of the budget seem to add up, which it doesn't at the moment. I think that the the test is going to come with the next recession. Part of the answer to that is is uh, for listeners to say, well, when do you think the next downturn is? And that will be the test because. One of the points of my what I, a few, I and a few others have been talking, pointing out for years is that we've become so dependent, more dependent than ever, which is saying a lot, on income taxes generated by very, very high income people. So, income uh, in so, so New
0: York State is in effect, uh, yeah a uh, kind of a, a derivative of the stock
1: market uh, oh, that's a very good way of putting it. I think I'd like to steal that phrase well, you got um, it. The, um if you um, because um, that's basically more than ever we're a derivative of the stock market we, I think I think grant's interest rate
0: observer, which reminds me by the way short word from our other sponsor which happens to be us Grant's interest rate observer. Uh, grants is uh, the indispensable twice monthly periodical come on 24 times a year. On the financial markets with an emphasis on interest rates, credit, and all things that interest rates and credit affect. As you can imagine, the uh, subject matter is quite eclectic. And did I mention indispensable? I might have, but once is not enough. Uh, you, ladies and gentlemen, could subscribe. In fact, many of you have, and uh, not a few of you, I think, weighing the proposition. Uh, we do have some subscription spots left, Eric Whitehead advises me. And uh, perhaps you are thinking, uh, if only I could read a current article from Grants, perhaps the very article around which this podcast has been uh, inspired and and organized, that is, A State of Denial is the headline. It's it's our in-depth take on the finances, the very questionable, in our view, finances of the state of New York. So two things. Uh, Go to our website, uh, www.grantspub.com forward slash 2020. And... um, check it out. Check out State of Nile. Uh, you read it, and I think that you will be gratified and happy that you did and really interested in reading more. All you got to do then is go to that uh, same website and subscribe. I, I think that uh, the directions are self-evident. So uh, read, subscribe, enjoy, and uh, let's get back to E.J. McMahon. We called uh, uh, the S&P 500 uh, New York State's major export Right. So, so, this is, so the financial industry is the, you know, the, the Clinton era is over and, and no more agriculture. And uh, speak of uh, manufacturing is uh, kind of yesteryear. So we are left with uh, buying low and selling high, right?
1: Right. And finance's own derivatives, which are the, the very expensive law firms and other professionals who, who, to a large extent, serve directly or indirectly to people in finance, all of that is, is really the key to our tax base. And capital gains is a big part of their income. When capital gains crash, I mean the incomes of the highest earning 1% in New York who are over 40% of the income tax, which is two thirds of our revenue, That they crash by more than 50% in the space of two years. That'll probably be worse with the next downturn. And it, the severity of the downturn will dictate just how badly the state's budget is hit. And then the, the test then will be, what is the legislature and the governor then, whether it's Andrew Cuomo or someone else? What's their response going to be?
0: Well, Ed McMahon, here's what we're going to do. We are going to reconvene uh, at that moment. And okay. you'll tell me when. <laughs> E.J., thank you. This has been terrific. And uh, Fabiano, thank you. Evan, uh, a pleasure as always. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please join us again. We have, uh, this is, I think, an exceptionally interesting podcast coming up uh, very next week. So uh, be on hand. Until then, I'm Jim Grant on behalf of Grant's Industry Observer.